Buckle up! This podcast is going to be all about the journey. Hi, I'm Clara, your host of Talk Journey to Me podcast. I'm so glad you're here. This podcast really stemmed from the thought that everyone comes from a different background and how they have handled their highs and lows of life. Join us as we dive deeper into my guest's story. Welcome back to another episode of Talk Journey to Me. I am so excited. I got some fresh meat and fresh blood on the show today. Um, Mr. Eric Allen, I'm so excited that you are here. Um, Podcasting groups on Facebook. That's where you can find everyone. It's crazy. Um, So he is also in the United States, but I'm super excited that he's on the show and is going to tell us all about himself and his journey. So for anyone in my network who doesn't know who you are and what you do, like, tell us some juicy details. <laughs> you, you got it. First of all, I want to say thank you, Claire, for having me on the show. It's truly an honor to be here. You're an awesome guest, or I mean, awesome host. And people need to be listening to your show, by the way, uh, just to throw that out there because you do an amazing job. Um, but uh, yeah, my name is Eric Allen. I'm, I'm the owner of ericallenmedia.com. And you know, I grew up in Eastern Washington State. I really thought it was a typical household, played Little League, went to Sunday school, fun stuff like that, right? And then my parents got divorced when I was 11 years old. I'd never heard that word before. Didn't know anyone that had gotten divorced. And when my parents got divorced, my mom ended up getting together with a guy who was very physically abusive early on. Like it shocked me that she would stay with a guy who was slapping around and stuff like that. And so, you know, I remember there's times when I would, they'd be arguing and I'd be outside looking through their bedroom window and he'd be hitting her with a cordless phone. And I mean, just craziness and cops would show up. My mom would never press charges and I never understood why. And then they did the smart thing. They got pregnant and uh, decided to uh, move us from small town, uh, Eastern Washington, their Tri-Cities area to a place called Stevensville, Montana. It was population 1,200 people, a beautiful area, five acres. They rented this house out there and it was right by the Bitterroot River and ponds and, you know, awesome, awesome property. But the house they bought or rented uh, had three bedrooms. It was one for them, one for my little brother, who's like a few months old at the time. And then one for my sister, who's four years younger than me. And they said, Eric, you to live in the garage. And I literally had this bed at the end of my, you know, uh, at the uh, half of the, my half of the garage was like a bed. And then the end of the bed was a plastic tarp that separated the bed from the truck that pulled in. Right. So it was like kind of a crazy bedroom filled up like with tarps and stuff. And, you know, I had a fireplace in my half of the garage that would keep me semi warm during the negative winters, uh, you know, negative degree winters of Montana. So it's kind of interesting living situation. And then when I was 13 years old, they came home arguing, wasn't anything different, but I'm brushing my teeth. And I remember this moment where I felt personally that it was God saying, dude, you got to turn around. And so as I turn around the hall, the way the house was set up was behind me was the pantry to the kitchen or excuse me, kitchen to the pantry to the garage where I lived. And as I looked down there, he's on top of my mom in the pantry and he's just one after the boom, boom, boom. I'm like, man, I got to get this guy off. And so I walked up to him and I grabbed a cast iron pan and I swung as hard as I could and I split the back of his head open. And he turned around and he said, what then? As he said that, I took another swing and split his forehead open. Wow. And I swung so hard the second time, I'd actually fallen over and still didn't knock him out. He was just totally drunk. So I'm sure he felt the pain the next day, but he was st- standing up over me and he was beginning to yell and he's bleeding down his face. My mom jumps up, punches him like you know six times in the row, blood splat on the wall. It's just crazy. Cobb show up, take him to jail. My mom, of course, doesn't press charges. And then I got kicked out of the house. So I had three months left in my freshman year of high school. 
and ended up just living with my my buddy Forrest. I lived on his hardwood floor is what I slept on for the last three months of my uh, three, uh, freshman year of uh, high school there. And that basically set me on this path of destruction for the next 10 years of my life, You know, going through drug addiction and getting in jail at 18 for having a bong, which is now legal in the state of Washington, but at the time it wasn't, right? And so got into that and then got kicked out of my dad's house two weeks after I graduated. I woke up to a post-it note that said, you can't comply with house rules. You have 48 hours to get out. So then I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be this you know, man early on and didn't know anything about credit cards or anything like that. So I got a credit card to basically survive, couldn't keep a job. And by the time I'm 21 years old, I'm $28,000 in debt and had to file bankruptcy. And uh, you know, just got into the music business and became this you know, uh, rock star without being a rock star. I was just a mailroom intern for Universal Records, but it was an amazing job for a year. And you know, I basically over a two-year span went to 175 concerts and never paid for a drink. And, uh, you know, spent a lot of time backstage and, you know, like I said, kind of led me down that path of destruction for a while. Oh, that's, whoa. <laughs> There's a lot. Rewind. There. Sorry. <laughs> Rewind. Um, holy moly. Okay. So, and I mean, I've even read your bio and then you're like, you take it all in. And then when someone actually like tells you they're like part of their story, cause that's not even all of it. Yeah. And then you're just like, wow, like not even just one thing. Like, it's like you got hit with all of these things. Yeah. Um, and I think the choice of words, even like the path down destruction, like with him from the very beginning, do you think then you got conditioned into that to then lead down that destruction path? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was, it was, I was kind of numbing the pain without realizing I was numbing the pain that I was in. It, like looking back now as an adult, I was, I was definitely in a lot of pain mentally and, and didn't really understand what was going on. Um, and really just seeking out things that would, you know, calm my nerves and, you know, uh, heal these, you know, wounds that I had seen, but at the time didn't really feel right. And, uh, but yeah, so it got me into where I, I sought out pot. I wanted to go get stoned, you know, before school at lunch, after school. And then I was taking acid and mushrooms and, you know, hash and opium, whatever I could get my hands on. And of course that led me down to, you know, getting arrested. I literally had to put a black and white chain gang outfit on. I had bright orange slippers. I was 145 pounds, you know, like a scrawny kid. Uh, I got arrested uh, my seniors of high school and I wrote a note to my dad in the morning and I said, Hey, I'm staying at Danny's house. I'll be back tomorrow. Cause I knew that he wouldn't call. And so I literally had to drive myself to jail and checked in and said, I'm here to go to jail. And then the next day I was released. So it was kind of an interesting experience for sure. Wow. I mean, even just that part is a whole nother can of worms. I feel like. Yeah. It, yeah. So with kind of the road that you went down, you're obviously not on that road anymore. Correct. You're on a whole different shiny road. Totally. Um, yeah. So where where did that like shift? Like, did it start with a mindset? Did it start with a certain instance? Like, where was that shift? It really was an instance where, where like, it was always my dream to be in the music business, and I got laid off on my one year anniversary, and it was around the days of Napster, if people remember that. And so I, once I got laid off from Universal Records, I went to work for Starbucks, and I was a night manager. And I was getting off work and I was going to my ghetto apartment after getting my six pack of beer and I drank myself to sleep. And one night this girl walked into Starbucks and said, Hey, we've got this cool college age event down in our church. Would you be interested in going? 
I had no friends. I was depressed. I felt really alone. And, and, you know, I thought, Hey, this is an opportunity for me to make me make some friends and get out of this, this slump that I'm in. Mm -hmm. So I said, yep, I'll be there. So I go and I ended up knowing all these guys there. It's like, dude, I haven't seen you in five years. I haven't seen you in seven years. And I'm living on like the other side of the state from where I grew up. And it was like, all of a sudden I ran into all these guys. I'm like, Whoa, what's going on? So I feel like God was planting a seed in that moment. And about a month later, it was Easter 2004. I was managing a band. We went out and played a concert, partied it up. And I woke up Easter morning in my buddy's basement, surrounded by probably 15 guys. And I woke up early. And in that moment, it was so clear to me. I felt God saying, dude, you are going down a path that's going to end your life very quickly if you don't start making some changes. And I decided in that moment that I was tired of that. And I gave my life to Christ in my buddy's basement. And I quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking cigarettes, everything in that moment. And wow. I called that girl up and I said, Hey, thank you for inviting that church event. Maybe I'll see at the store sometime. And a month later we were dating. Now we've been married for almost 17 years. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> That's wow. To be yeah. her, <laughs> like she, to even just think of like that you, she basically like changed just from asking one question. Totally. Yeah. She is angel my, my angel. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, we were destined to be together. It was interesting. We were on our honeymoon when we first got married and like you could travel with just your birth certificate. You didn't have a passport at the time. Right. So I'm like, go to my birth certificate. I'm like, Hey, what time are you born? It's like 1 41 PM. I'm like, dude, I was born at 1 41 PM. We're both born at exactly the same minute, different days, different years, but the exact same minute. Our birth certificates. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty solid. I mean, even with the, like the whole, like even to quit cold Turkey, like how, because I hear that's like not possible and and yeah. not just to quit one thing, cold Turkey, like you quit them all, all yeah. at once. Like how it's a, it's a mindset thing. So okay. it was in that moment that I realized that my past and other people's opinions do not define my future. Mm. And so if I can make a change, if I want to change something in my life, I have to decide mentally to do that. And then I have to take action. So what I had to do is I had to get myself out of that environment. And I basically called my buddies up and I was like, dudes, I'm not healthy. I've got to get healthy. I've got to step away from the party scene. And they're like, man, you do, you get healthy. And those guys are still my friends today, by the way. Uh, but I took six months away from really just hanging out with them, going to the bar, anything like that. And what I did was I replaced that with men that I found in the church uh, that were living successful businesses, uh, that had successful businesses, that had successful marriages. Uh, they were successful in their walk with Christ. They were studiers of education and entrepreneurship and leadership. And so I basically, without interviewing them, though I technically was yeah. like, I was like, hey, I want to, I, I want to understand your story. Like, let me take you out to coffee. And I, and I just sat down with guys and I surrounded my people, you know, myself with the right people. And so if you want to make it in your life, you've got to surround yourself with people that are living the life that you want to live. And so that's what I did was I just put myself in there and I dove head in. I'm like, how do I do this? How do I get mentally strong and beat what I had to go through? And it wasn't easy. I had to go to therapy when I was first married, like understand, like, why was I going through this pain and stuff like that? And, you know, and, um, but I had to take that first step. And that first step was me getting out of the environment and then finding a new environment that was around people that were living a life that I wanted to live. Right. And I, sometimes I also feel like when you're at the lowest part in your life, like I feel like this, like with some of my past experiences that like, if I didn't have a support system that believed in me more than I believed in myself, I wouldn't be where I was. Yeah. Because I mean, you do have to do a lot of internal work, but then 
when you really still hit those low lows, you have to be surrounded by people that are going to lift you up, even though you're like laying back on your back. Like totally, it's completely crazy. And then even with like, I've heard the, your network is your net worth. Totally. It's so gold because it's whoever you surround yourself with on a daily basis is who you're going to either turn into or parts of you are going like, you're going to intermingle. Like that's just how it goes. Um, I was blessed enough to speak with Ed Milet on my show. Uh, I won his max out challenge on Instagram and I got a phone call with him and I was able to record that. One of the things he said to me was, you know, he talked about, Hey, if you're walking around 80 degrees, go find folks that are walking around 120 degrees and just being in the presence is going to motivate you and inspire you to get better. Right. Um, and then he also said something I have in my wall, it's an acronym and it's canny and it's constant and never ending improvement. And so I see that every day when I walk in, I'm like, man, I always want to get better. Always, you know, get better as a husband, better as a dad, better as personal development and entrepreneur and podcaster, things like that. Right. I mean, even the learn, the learning never ends. And if you yes. think that you're done learning, you're, you're not, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're sinking at that point. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's crazy. Cause like this year was a big year for me, um, turning 30. And I know that probably sounds crazy. And every time people say like, Oh, 30 is like nothing. And I'm like, for me, it is. I, it is. in September, I surpassed my mom in age. She passed away when I was five. Oh my and God. so like, it's this whole new milestone. And I feel like almost like a snake that mm. like that skit, the old skin's coming off and like the new one's already there. Um, that it's just like a whole new thing is blossoming. And it's, it's crazy to even, I'm just excited that like we met on like the internet for these times, like 30 yeah. years ago, it wasn't even a thing. Totally. To even yeah. connect with people that have been through some rough, crap in their life. And, and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It just depends on if you want that light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Oh yeah. So good. And by the way, I think that's huge for you to be excited to turn 30 because I think 30 is a massive year. And I I think just even your podcast today is is showing like the drive that you have to be successful. And, And I see your excitement and hear your excitement in your voice. So I love that you're excited about being 30. When I was 30, my daughter was born. Like I, that was a big year for me too. Like, you know, my, I got married at 25. My wife and I were, we just got married and we were just hanging out for five years. Like we just wanted to get to know each other for five years. Right. And then my daughter was born at 30. That's a big year for me. I'm 42 now. I didn't share my story publicly till I was 38. Uh, and, and I just felt like I was holding all this stuff in. But once I released it, it was like, Oh, big yeah. way. Over, <laughs> See, right? we, both did it. we were both like, yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> cause I feel like that's even part of it of like, the hesitation of either a fear of rejection or a fear of no, like people not understanding what you've been through or even a judgment of like, are they still going to be your friend? Are they still going to like want to be married to you? Are they still like all of these like doubts come in, Mm -hmm. but that's where I really had to take that in my mindset of like, even if I could impact one person by my story, then it was worth all of the anxiety inside. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was, that's so good. Absolutely. That's my mindset too, is if I can make, you know, an impact one person that that's my goal. And for me, it starts in the morning, right? Like I think if you can stack your wins in the morning. So if I open my eyes, that's a win, right? So I get to see my family, get to hold my family. So I, I acknowledge that as soon as I open my eyes and get out of bed, I, 
audibly out loud say, man, thank you, God, for another day. And then I make my bed. There's two wins in 15 seconds. And it's like, whoo, I'm already getting those Come wins, right? right? And so stacking those. And then I set a personal goal to put a smile on someone's face every single day, whether that's virtually or in person. I want to make sure that that's a goal of mine that I, I put a smile on someone's face. If I'm at the store, someone's got a name tag. I want to call by their name. Like someone's a server in a restaurant. I want to call by their name. Like the name tags aren't there just so we can complain, right? We want to encourage people. And so right. I love to see people light up when you call them by their name at the store. Right. Oh, that's so good. It's like one of those good deeds that I was on a sprint a couple years ago that I did like a good deed per day for like a month straight. Oh, nice. Like, just like sought it out. Like the next person in the Starbucks line, I'm buying their, (laughs) their drink, like those types of things that you're actually seeking it out. But sometimes I find way more gratitude for the ones that like, I just randomly, Oh, I need to message that person. Haven't talked to him in three years, but something's just telling me. And then you come to find out like they're going through so much that then you just, you feel that different connection again. Mm, Yeah. Oh, totally. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I love that the connection. And especially when you, I think if we act on it, right. If we're thinking about somebody and we act on like, man, I need to text them or I need to shoot them a message or, mm-hmm. you know, I, a lot of times I'll just like um, send a quick message in the mail. So they kind of get it. And they're like, Oh, what the heck? You know, it's a surprise. No one does mail anymore. Right. So uh, it's kind of a, a fun thing to open up. I think if you get something in the mail too. So I do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, we joke around in our family that my grandma is keeping the post office open because okay. she, she probably, I mean, you may get a letter in the mail cause she may just be like, I liked your podcast. And then oh, she awesome. sends you a letter. Like she's just one of those people that she all, and she's probably the most Christian faithful ladies you would ever meet in your life. Oh, that's like, amazing. It's yeah. It's sometimes intimidating, but yes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I tell you like uh, the, I have, my grandma is still, she's 87 and I've been really close to her my entire life. And I like to say that I'm the favorite cousin. I'm the first, uh, second oldest of 19 first cousins that I have. And so I always tell her I'm your favorite. I'm your favorite. Uh, you know, but she is, she literally has like 56 grandchildren and great grandchildren, great, great grandchildren. And she prays for them every day by name. And she's been doing that since I was before I was born. And so I really put a lot of my faith, like in her, like, I know that she's praying for me and things like that. Grandmas are so amazing. I love grandmas. Yeah. They're They're so good. They're so good. So, okay. So back to kind of the, the crazy journey of destruction for anyone that is silently going through either an abusive relationship, um, mentally, physically, or even, um, drugs or, um, alcoholism or anything like what are some like quick steps, even if they're silent steps that they yeah. could really like take and either get help or realize that they need help. One, I think we get stuck in this mindset of like, well, if I stop doing drugs or if I stop drinking, I'm not cool. Right. Like the ego comes into play. Yeah. And, um, I think one, if you want help and you know that you need help, you need to drop that and, and seek help. Uh, there's a lot of resources out there from AA to, you know, people at a local church. And I get there's some people at churches that aren't, they're kind of creepy sometimes, right? Like you got to find the right people. Like if you can connect with somebody at a church that maybe went through something similar to you and then they're, they're now sober, like those are the kind of people, like if you're wanting to make a change, go find those people that have made a change, right? Um, and you have to take action. So you can think all day that you want to get a change, that you want to make a change in your life. But if you don't take action, you're just going to stay in that same spot. You know, it's like 
people that get, uh, you know, families are on food stamps and stuff like that. And then their kids end up on food stamps and their kids end up on food stamps, right? But they get in the cycle, right? So get out of that cycle, find people that are living the life that you want to live, go surround yourself with them. And, and just being in their presence, like I said, will just motivate you to be better. And so if you're struggling, like seek out help. And there's so many resources online and social media and just in person and wherever you live uh, that if you really want that change, take action and make it happen. Right. Yeah. I think it's all about who you surround and then starts with the mindset of actually yeah. wanting the change. Yeah. Because there That's isn't a- going to be a change if you're, if your mind isn't there yet. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, for, for my mindset, I have to, it starts early in the morning. Like I, I kind of said, I stack the wins, but I wake up at 4am six days a week because I still work a full-time job. But I, I know that if I wake up at 4am, I can get up, my family still sleep. I look at my vision wall. I say everything out loud uh, of my vision. I say, you know, speak to the pictures, the quotes, everything. I go over my affirmations. I spend time in prayer and worship. And that really helps that tone for the day. And people are like, well, why do you wake up at 4am? It's because my, my desire to be successful is bigger than my desire to sleep. And so if I can get up and I can get that personal development done before I start my real job, my full-time mm-hmm. job at eight, then I can like stop at five o'clock and not have to worry about that stuff. I'm really big on non-negotiables. So five o'clock is when I shut everything down and it's family time for the rest of the evening. Yeah. So if I get up before they're asleep, before they're awake, that, that allows me to grow on a daily basis. Yep. The consistency is definitely key in anything that you want. Yeah to achieve. Yep. Most definitely. It's absolutely, you have to be consistent with it, whether it comes to podcasting or losing weight or just trying to grow mentally. And I need to be a better, uh, I think I need to do better at reading books. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts, but, and I'll have books and I'll read 10 pages here. And then it's a couple of days. I'll read another 10 pages, right? I need to start setting aside like 20 minutes a day just to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't, I have an attention span of a squirrel. It feels like sometimes. So I've gotten into, I can't sit there and physically like read. Yeah. So I listen to the audibles and a lot of times I'm like, I'll even fall asleep with it. And then I'll wake up and I'll be like, I feel so refreshed because I listen to all of this, like uplifting, like self-development amazingness. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So good. (laughs) So even with on your band journey, have you had like any inklings that you want to like do like a Christian band? Like I get, I get skillet vibes from you a lot right now. <laughs> uh, well, so I actually don't know how to play anything. I, okay. I, literally, I just have been a huge music fan. Uh-huh. And when I got the job with universal records, right. I had, to, I actually lied to get uh, with universal records. <laughs> so I was working at a CD store back when they were around and one guy walked in and he worked for universal. And I said, Hey man, how do I get your job? Like jokingly saying that to him. And he goes, Oh, you got to be an intern. You got to be in college. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I go down to the local community college and I said, do you guys have an internship program? Like, Oh yeah, we do. So I paid 330 bucks for this internship program. Never went to school at all. Not one day took the receipt to universal records said, look, I'm in college. They said, cool, you're in. And I got, (laughs) that's how I got my job with, I interned for six months with no pay. I just showed up every day. And then after six months, I'm like, dude, he's here every day. We'll start paying him. So then I was tracking sales and set up meeting greats and stuff like that. So, um, I just always wanted to be around music and be involved Mm -hmm. in music, but uh, never, I don't know how to play anything at all. You're like, nope, don't know how to do any of that. Yeah. But I do, I do. Skillet's my favorite band. I love Skillet. I love the Christian rock um, because it hits every emotion that you need to hit without having to turn to anything else. Yep. Um, Yeah. And yeah, 
I just got those vibes and I was like, yeah, hey, another John Cooper on my screen. <laughs> totally. Yes. I mean, John Cooper, he's good. And Skillet's a rad band. I've been listening to those guys for a long time. Uh, one of my favorite Christian bands is a band called Spoken. And uh, love those guys. And then, you know, I've been really into NF this year, which has been a cool kind of vibe just on the hip hop side of things. Right. Oh, so good. So yeah. for anyone that wants to talk um, more to you, either about your journey or um, the media side of your life, um, where can they reach out to you? Uh, EricAllenMedia.com. It's just E-R-I-K-A-L-L-E-N and then media. Uh, so ericalmedia.com is where you can find all my social pages, uh, my podcast. Uh, you know, if you need anything for speaking engagements or laser engraving or whatever it is, video content, I'm there. You can just shoot me a message on there. I'm also big on Instagram. Uh, so if you shoot me a message on Instagram, I respond to every comment, every DM. It's just Eric G. Allen, E-R-I-K uh, G. Allen. And so, yeah, I would love to connect with people. I'm fascinated with people's stories. So please shoot me a message, connect with me. I love connecting with people. Perfect. Um, I love it so much. So thank you so much for coming on and enlightening my people um, with a lot of darkness that can turn into light. Like, I really love that. Um, and thanks for connecting. And I'm excited for the year episode uh, to go live. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's truly an honor to be here. I'm I, Look, I'm proud of you. Like you're, you're excited at 30 years old. I think that's amazing. Like you got to get this refresh. Like you said, kind of the snake skin coming off. I was the same way when, when I hit the 30, when I hit 40, so I'm proud of you for doing this and, and you are changing lives with this show. People need to be listening to the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you.